Hey climbers, welcome back to Climb by VSC, a weekly show about building and scaling startups in the world of climate innovation. My name is Jacob Poor, general partner of VSC Ventures and co-host of Climb. Every week, I or a member of our VSC team will speak with a pioneer in the climate tech world about emerging technologies and novel ideas that will turn the tide on climate change. We've all heard enough of the doom and gloom. It's time for stories of purpose-driven innovation that lead to sustainable, positive change. As always, I'm so happy that you've decided to join us. Now let's climb. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Climb by VSC, where we interview interesting founders and VCs and folks in the climate space. I'm really excited to have Shane Dyer on the podcast today to be talking about everything that he's working on with Euroframe. Welcome to the show. Oh, man. So happy to be here. Well, I'd love to know, actually, more about your background. There, You've got a story background. I know that you've done a lot of work with Stanford and you've worked on Whirlpool products and Mattel. So Shane, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? I came out of uh, Teresa Meng's lab at Stanford, which was mainly doing a lot of very early work back in the old days on like um, on networking and distributed uh, distributed sensor networks. Um, and very clearly on, the internet was coming on just strong right there. You know, the Netscape browser had just been released, so there was a lot of excitement. And I think the thing that I was always really fascinated with was how powerful you could make things if you took non-computer devices and connected them to the internet. So my whole career has been kind of starting companies in there from, you know, doing, you know, one of the very first sort of, you know, camera connected to cell phone startups to help, you know, auction houses and things and, uh, and like high photo workflow insurance companies out um, to, uh, you know, my last company, which was an IoT platform for high volume consumer products. So if you've had those like Chamberlain or LiftMaster garage doors that you can, you know, Remember when you forget to close your garage door and you and you leave your house and you have to push the button, we did the technology behind those. Um, and so that's always been a really passion. And when we sold that company in 2017, you know, uh, you know, we, we definitely felt the success for that. Had worked on like 60 different IoT products, everything from toys to, uh, to pumps to all these things. But I found two things, which was one, I was really excited about those kinds of products that became better and more climate friendly when you added networking to them. Um, and then the second thing was I really wanted to nail one product. You know, running a platform company is great. It has a lot of advantages, but you don't really control anything. <laughs> and so and so I think when I met Gary, who was my co-founder, he had been working on, he was an inkjet printer inventor. And he had been working on, you know, uh, if you, it turns out if you're an inkjet printer inventor and you look at sprinkler systems, they drive you bat crazy just looking down how they how they put water down and you see water running down the sidewalk or the thing and and you you can't you basically can't do anything but start a company to solve this problem and he had just you know they had just released you know he had got that he'd been working on this on the printer technology in his garage for like four years just starting to get that out get that tested um and it you know it was really clear to me that this had to be an internet connected first product to be, bring things like weather data and and at sort of you know cloud intelligence to to the way we do irrigation and you know from there that's where we got together and it just made a lot of a lot of sense to make a company and and you know from my side i got two kids in california it's not clear there's gonna be water around left for them if we don't do something serious there's a lot of startups focused on you know you know carbon and oil products and you know electric cars and solar so i think we can get that problem under hand but water was something where it didn't seem like the same level of resources and intellect were being applied there. And so it was a really open space for us to, to consider, you know, to consider attacking. 
How did you get to the phase that you were like, we are going to attack this? Because there are so many options. Uh, you know, I think at the time we were doing some work with Fresno State on measuring the efficiency of like printing water, you know, using Irrigreens digital sprinklers. And they had just gotten the survey back where, you know, when we combined it with weather data that we could bring down to it, it was pretty clear that to the same crop growth, you know, whether that was like grass for landscaping or something like that, we could use about 50% less water. And so I think I remember running back to the hotel room and doing, you know, doing, um, you know, uh, work on, on water rates in high water cost areas like Texas and Colorado. And, you know, I came back to Gary and I'm like, look, you know, we've got the patents on this. And, you know, the ROI for replacing your irrigation system is about 2x solar. So there's something about the size of the solar business here. And there's not a whole lot of people other than us doing this right now. Let's go start the, you know, let's go make this happen. And Gary had already started the company at that point. But it was just like, you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm all in. Let's let's, let's actually turn this into a real business. Okay, so where is the business at today? The product Irrigreen 2, which was kind of our first uh, commercially viable product, non-beta product. You know, you, you always hear about like the Apple 2, but you don't hear about the Apple 1. That was the one in the wood box, right? Um, so that was kind of our first big non-beta product that was launched about two years ago. And as soon as we got that in the market, like it was just immediately clear that we had product market fit. Um, you know, our sales guys, you know, we we're selling that originally like, you know, residential was the beachhead segment because that's the folks that pay the most money for water. Um, and, you know, the first robotic, you know, digital sprinkler heads were a little smaller. And, you know, the salespeople were closing at like, you know, more than 20% rate, which is unheard of, you know, like solar salespeople close at like 3%. Um, so it was just really clear that we had a winner at that point. And then the company's been kind of growing at like two to four X every year since then. Um, so it's been kind of one of those kind of hang on to your hat, you know, you got something here. Um, you know, you know, a lot of, you know, and a lot of this was just, you know, one of our VCs said this, but they basically went and did the surveying and said, Hey, Shane, there's like $3 billion worth of latent hate people have for their existing irrigation systems, which I'm sure as someone with a yard, you can, you can, uh, you can, uh, uh you, you can you can uh, understand you know there's always broken heads there's always water running down the street there's always like swampy patches and then dry yellow spots um it's something that's was just right for some some really good innovation talk to me about like how easy is it to set up yeah so you know one of the if this is one of those areas where when you when you start a company you always end up innovating in areas you never expected so one of the key areas was to give like somebody that has a home a tool on our website. So if you go to our website, there's a little, there's a little which is www.eargreen.com. There's a little box where you can just enter in your address. And that actually pulls up, you know, sort of a satellite, Google satellite view of your home. And you can literally just kind of take some dots and trace out the areas you want to irrigate. And then you can drag in these digital heads to see how many of them you need to irrigate that area. But in general, you know, you only need about one irrigreen head for about every eight to 10 mechanical heads. So it's a lot simpler in order to put in. And then it tells you how much the system will cost, but it also, given that area and what you're growing, it'll kind of give you an estimate of how much water you'll save per year. So it's very easy to go back to your water bill and kind of sit there and go, oh my, you know, this is a project that would pay for itself in three years or five years if I put it in that digital system versus if I put in a, you know, the traditional mechanical technology that wastes far more water. Oh, that's so smart. 
And I've, I'm reading a lot about new startups that are working on like wildfire detection products as it relates to having, like, do you envision one day like Eregreen having sensors to be able to do anything wildfire related? You know, we have people taking our products and doing crazy things with them, which I really love. And we tend to learn from those. Like we have, we've had folks like watering clay tennis courts to maintain those because this is a much more accurate way to water. Uh, and we have had some folks working on, you know, using Eregreen sprinkler systems for wildfire as well, um, you know, to, you know, basically get houses wet if they're in areas of path of fire. Um, again, these are very early times. So we're just learning about these applications and now we don't have any dedicated products for them. But, you know, as soon as you get something on the internet and it gets out there, you see it being used in the, in the most creative and wonderful ways. And I have to say, like a lot of our new features and our new roadmap is driven by these landscapers or these homeowners that are that that want something or exploring something new in their system. So we use, you know, our customers and our community as a huge source of innovation. Yeah. Actually, I want to go back for a second. When you're launching at the product to start with, so many IoT products start as like a Kickstarter campaign in order to like get the community is that the route that you took when it came to launching the product or did you just um, go direct? I think it would have killed us because our product has some pretty big, fundamental, deep technology. Um, you know, like a lot of the fluid dynamics around divide, designing the printer port and the fact that, you know, we have to have software in the in the robotic sprinkler heads and, you know, software in the controller, software in the cloud, and then iOS and Android software where... The schedule for it, you know, there was really about four, you know, five years of dedicated R&D before we had a, a, a viable product. And I think that's just, you know, I don't think deep tech is a really good uh, place for Kickstarter um, in that, you know, people don't, you generally want to wait that long for the product to come out. Um, so I think for us, you know, that wasn't the right fit. But then as soon as we had it, you know, using e-commerce and using a lot of the online channels, you know, especially like a lot of the lawn influencers and the people that really care about growing, you know, great landscaping, they've been invaluable. I mean, as soon as they got a hold of Eurogreen, you know, just the accuracy improvements, you know, became the way to grow the very best lawn. And and that was one of the, you know, the first things that kind of caught fire for us. So we, you know, we got a number of customers from those folks, but just because of the R&D cycle and, and the, the amount of scientific development that had to go on first, uh, we probably weren't a good fit for like a Kickstarter. So when you're working on an, um, the smart garage door openers, what are some maybe lessons that you learned working on that technology that you've applied now to what you're doing with Eregreen? I'm sure there's got to be like a lot of similarities. Well, you know, I mean, like I think Eregreen was like the 61st IoT product I'd worked on. Um, and so I think there were lessons through that years? entire... 61st, yeah. We had like Eregreen had about 60, 60 different IoT products that we enabled. Um, you know, from pool pumps to garage doors to, you know, washing machines to, you know, you know, connected lighting to, you know, sensors like that. So we just seen so many things that I was able to kind of pattern match and go, you know, what are the very, very best practices that we saw, um, you know, particularly sort of, you know, preparing for scale and putting scalable architectures in place. Um, the other thing that was that was really interesting to us was was really putting the humans at the center of this. So really understanding we'd seen a lot of the pitfalls of making IoT products that were too hard to use and being really simple and really intuitive was something that we were, you know, very, very excited about from the start. So we had spent the time to put a lot of the really complicated architecture in place so that it could be simple for the user. So little things like, you know, when you wander around in your backyard and you, you run out of Wi-Fi, 
how can you still talk to your sprinkler system in a way that, you know, that makes that whole piece seamless? So there's a lot of very interesting technology in terms of handoffs and things like that um, that um, have to be in place in order to have this really simple experience for the consumer. What other things have you heard from customers that they're like, this is what I want to do differently with my with my yard and, and watering oh, well, it? I think, the, I think the huge one is like, you know, I just had kind of the enthusiasm from them of instead of having all these sprinkler heads that were, you know, some of them were broken. They were always spraying on your car or your fence or your house. You know, you had wet spots and, you know, yellow spots, dry spots on your lawn. And you've replaced that with this one kind of like Bellagio fountain that sits in the center of the zone and then perfectly traces, you know, the your landscape area. So not a drop of water is missed, you know, um, you know, going into the driveway or going onto the hardscape. And like what I didn't really get at the beginning is how much people just enjoy the experience of having this thing pop up and then perfectly sort of trace these shapes in front of them. Like we, we hear all these reports of like I had this barbecue. I turned my system on for everyone and they got to see my sprinkler basically tracing this really complicated shape in my front driveway. And it's almost like, you know, entertainment at that point to go through. But at the same time, you know, there's 50% of the water. So if somewhere in California or in Texas or Colorado where the water's expensive, you know, if they got a reasonable size lawn, some of them are saving, you know, $1,000, you know, per year or more off their water bill. So it's not just, you know, being green, it's also being, you know, smart with your wallet. And and I think those stories are the ones that move me the most and, you know, get me up in the bed in the morning to make sure we we invent the next thing. You have to imagine it's really difficult to engineer that. Like my brain, I'm trying to understand, like, how would you even prepare the lawn? Like, and I put my address into the website. So I know, yeah. like, I was playing around with it to see, like, where to put all these sprinkler heads. Can you, like, walk me through how you built a team to be able to to do that on sure. so many yards that are really unique. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I've always loved, I've always loved companies that have hardware and software and communications because you need these really, these really diverse teams that work together really well. Um, it's kind of like, you know, IoT companies with hardware in them are kind of like the decathlon of startups in that, you know, you have to be good at lots of different events. You have to be able to pole vault and sprint and run a mile and all these other all these other parts. And I think that's really sort of appealed to me and be, been the kind of company that I've really enjoyed building. Um, but what it also means is you really need a deep talent pool of people that are experts in these various areas from wireless networking to, uh, to hardware design to fluid dynamics to, uh, you know, the sort of agriculture in the end sort of, you know, biology models that you need to be able to, you know, to, to get water in. And so you really end up creating almost like a science team across, you know, uh, across the folks you put together in order to do this product right. So it's not something you can do really quickly. And it's, and let me tell you, it's painful in some ways to get a company like this started, but it provides so much, um, you know, so much sort of competitive advantage to get it in there because it's not a product that's very easy for someone else to create a copy of or something else like that. You have to get a lot of parts right. And also just in terms of like getting the reliability profiles right, you know, you've got this, you know, robot head that has to last for 10 years in really harsh environments, freezing and, you know, Phoenix 130 degree days and things like this as well. So, um, so it's not an easy problem, but I think those are the problems that if you solve them well, really allow you to just take over a, take over a market or take over an industry. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it also seems like you two would need 
the same type of an investor that's equally part of it what what has it been like on the fundraising front um you know i think i think you know so far we just we just did another you know off schedule close um and you know a few months ago surprised um you know the great part about this is i think i think we've built a real company i mean it's got the you know it's got the dynamics it's very close to profitable things like this as well so um, that part has made fundraising even in a difficult environment really, you know, much easier for us than maybe maybe an earlier stage. Um, hardware, you know, companies, you know, we are a software company at the heart, but we do have hardware components. And so, you know, my first question to NEVC is, am I going to be your first hardware investment? And if the answer is yes, then that's probably not the right fit. <laughs> so finding, you know, that's that, you know, even if it's a software company, they've, they've invested in companies that have had hardware enablers for the software is, is, is absolutely key. And then I think the other one was, you know, getting a mix of folks that were also very interested in climate. So finding investors that, you know, um, really understood the impact that, you know, that, that water savings had, not just on our water resources, but also you can look at places like California, where it has a huge impact directly to carbon. You know, if you take a city like San Diego, you know, as the population grows, they have to find more water. And in many cases, that water is done through desalinization, right, which is incredibly energy intensive. And a lot of that's driven by, by, by natural gas or just the cost of pumping water from Northern California into Southern California. Um, you know, that is, you know, I think that's the number one largest user, single user of electricity in California is moving water, uh, you know, across the state. So, um, so that was a big, big, uh, big fit for us for for finding our initial investors. And so, have you found that cities also and municipalities are also interested in the product too? Um, very much so. I think that that uh, you know we've had a number reach outbound to us, and we've done some small projects. Um, we'll probably want to build like a larger head to go after some of the more you know municipal pieces. You know, if they have large parks or something else like that as well. And we're working with another co- a number of customers on that. That makes a lot of sense. And so going back, you were talking about the sales team was like blown away after the launch. Yeah. Usually, like with an IFT product, like you know, like the Nest cameras I have around my house. You know, I go yeah. to the Lowe's and I like test them out and play with them and tinker. And there used to be Beta in San Francisco, which was so fun to test out like new IMT product. Rest in peace, Lund Beta. Um, but how do you get the product out in front of, of homeowners? Well, I think, you know, I mean, a lot of this is sort of the power of the internet, which is as soon as we had not just us putting content around about how do you install these products, how do they work, but we also had this other community, especially of like, folks that have been post, you know, folks that have done it for their lawn and posted up or put something on Reddit or uh, tons and tons of YouTube. If you YouTube Eargreen, you get, you know, hundreds of videos, uh, very dedicated people for all their lawn showing you how this works for them and how they put it in, how they modified it and all these other pieces like that. So I think, I think that created this sort of just snowball of, uh, of interest in Eargreen. And then we kind of coupled that with you know, both really good e-commerce with a lot of explanations of the product and, and videos of how to walk it through, a lot of content around that. And then also, we, you know, we have our, our irrigation pros, which are, you know, anytime you want, you can set up a meeting with one of these experts that can basically just look at your lawn and help you design a system for it and answer all your questions. And the combination of those three things, you know, created a really, really successful direct model. 
the other part is just, you know, IoT smart service, right? The ability for that sprinkler head to tell when there's a leak or tell when something's gone wrong. You go from playing defense, right, which was the old days when you went on a trip and you came home and there was either a, you had a lake in your backyard that wasn't there before and you had a $4,000 water bill. Or you came home and all the expensive landscaping you'd put in is dead and you've got to spend thousands of dollars to replace it. So, you know, with, with IoT and the ability to have this connected, it basically tells you when there's a problem and you can correct it before, you know, before the leak goes too far or before, you know, before your landscaping has died. Um, and so having heads that tell you about their health turns out to be really, really important if you want to do landscaping in a more evolved way. Do you envision that the platform will also give homeowners the ability to like know where it's good to plant things or not based on like the locate? Because you already have a map of their whole yard. So could you offer features like? We're starting to play around with things like this as well. And I don't want to put too many spoilers out there, uh, but stay, do stay tuned. Plant recognition and things like that are, are, are though that, that technology has come along so far. You know, that part of AI is really, really evolved at this point. Um, so those are certainly things we're thinking about how to take advantage of. I mean, the way I look at this right now is, you know, these printing digital sprinklers that Airgreen makes, it's kind of like the very first airplanes, right? We're getting, this is like Kitty Hawk at this point. And there's an entire sort of aviation industry to invent here. And we're, you know, I mean, we're just super excited because there's lots and lots of directions to go with this product. And, and, and you know, now that you have, you know, people that are buying it or happy with it, that really helps us drive, you know, you know drive our whole team you know, you know, forward and, and scale the company. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to get, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to have it. We're just talking to my husband about getting it installed. It. We'll do that. <laughs> and then I'll be, I want to be part of your customer group to get product ideas because I have ideas galore. <laughs> I know. We need the end there. We need these ideas. I'm curious. You talked about working on 60 other projects before this. Yep. Were there any that haven't seen the light of day or maybe ones that didn't work out that you wished had? Oh man, let's see. Where does... <laughs> Tell you one that really that really lit me up. I mean, Pentair did some really interesting internet connected pumps, um, and what was interesting to me about those projects were if you internet connected them and basically figured out the times when the when swimming pool pumps didn't have to run as long, um, and you could turn them down so they used less electricity. Um, when you started to model that across a city like LA that had so many swimming pools. You could actually see these really cool macroeconomic effects on how we could do better in climate by just being more intelligent. And so I think I noticed that those were the kind of products that you know really lit me up when IoT was doing something that was actually you know for good. Um, that that kind of you know pushed pushed me forward and, and and really really got me excited about doing your green with Gary. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's all about efficiency for for customers and for the environment too. I mean, there has to be better ways to conserve water. I mean, I just look at my neighbors here across the street and I'm, we're not really in a drought anymore, but I feel like California really always is in a drought. And when you see how much is wasted when the sprinkler head is just going everywhere. And it, it's hard on your, you know, your bills. We all want to save money too with inflation. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I think, you know, people that don't even consider themselves environmentalists still want to be good stewards for, you know, resources in their environment. It's not a good luck if, if there's water running down your sidewalk after you water. Well, is there anything else I should have asked you about today? I've enjoyed this conversation. Where can people find you? Oh, so, well, the easiest way to do Irrigreen is just go to irrigreen.com, I-R-R-I-G-R-E-E-N.com. 
and you'll basically see the videos there, but you'll also be able to put in your own pro your own house or your folks' house or your friend's house that has a yard and figure out really quickly like what it would cost to put in a system. And also, more importantly, it'll, it'll reach back to three years of weather data to figure out how much water you'll save. So it's a really fun exercise. It only takes like five minutes or so to do, but it gives you a really good idea of like, you know, what it could do for you. Um, and then I think just kind of be part of the revolution. Like, you know, this is, this is, there's no, there's no downside to this. You're going to grow up beautiful green landscaping. You'll be the envy of your, of your neighborhood, but you're also going to be doing your part to kind of help save. And, and hopefully, you know, the, the, you know, the system will pay for itself over time with water bill savings. So it's kind of a no brainer. It's a, it's a good way to sort of get on board and, 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 and do something in a little more evolved way. I love that. Thank you so much, Shane, for joining us today on the show. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Climb by VSC. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Special thanks to Credo for their help in producing and promoting this episode. To visit any part of today's conversation again, you can find the full transcript on vscventures.com. Our thanks to Josue Ramiro for posting these every week. Lastly, if you've listened this far, please leave us a rating on Spotify or review on iTunes. It only takes a few seconds, really helps us out, and as far as I know, it's still carbon neutral. Well, that's all for now. We'll see you all next week on Climb by VSC.